0: On this episode of Your Asian Best Friends, we talk about Simu Liu on SNL and Marvel putting Asians in lead roles for three big projects in a row.
1: We also talk about the challenges of connecting to your roots later in life and how food might be
0: the pathway to get there. I'm Bernard. And I'm Taylor. And we're your Asian Best Friends. How was your Thanksgiving? You do it small... Right, you were telling me last time. Mhm.
1: Yeah, it was it was good. Lots of turkey for a little family.
0: You did, you do turkey? I don't do turkey anymore. I don't believe in it.
1: I think uh <laughs> I got a hot take there. I mean, I think people I think it's been really uh trendy to shit on turkey the past mm. couple of years. And I think that
0: You think you like turkey?
1: I think people just don't know how to cook it.
0: Mm. Well, that's definitely true.
1: Yeah, I think that's... (laughs) That's 100% true. (laughs) Because every time I make it, it's delicious. It's like the problem with Twitter and Instagram and all that social media. It's just like this hive mind mentality of, like, everybody decides to hate turkey at the same time. And I just can't... I can't deal with it.
0: I've always hated turkey. (laughs) 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 Well, also because it reminds me of... uh, Because growing... Oh man. So my family doesn't listen to this. <laughs> like it's not good food. And my wh- one side of my family, I won't say which side, but yeah. one side of my family, the food was not good. And that Turkey is so bad. And I eat it every year. Uh, and it's bad memories. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I feel that too, that everyone's shitting on Turkey I'm with them, but I also feel like I can tell that a lot of them are just saying they don't like turkey because everyone else is saying they don't like turkey. And it's like in headlines and stuff. Yeah. And on social media.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I feel the same way about, uh like, uh, like, beef tenderloin also had the same thing. And uh, I'm also, I'm like actually anti-beef tenderloin. Mm.
0: Um, Why are you anti-beef tenderloin?
1: just flavorless and it's overpriced and there's Mm. one per you know there's not it's like a finite amount that you're getting from the cow and it's just wasteful you know and uh it was just like i don't know it was always when i worked worked like the meat counter it was easy to tell who was about to get the beef tenderloin um
0: (laughs) and they were never my favorite customers like this,
1: <laughs> like this judgy
0: butcher of course <laughs> yeah, I was. That was so funny because when it, when you work like retail or like behind yeah. any counter you get so bored and it's so monotonous yeah you you just turn and you just know you're watching people yeah and you know they're you know more about them than they know yeah. that you know yeah and it's kind of creepy like you feel like you're uh not a stalker because you're just behind that counter, but like the, I had customers at a lot of the retail jobs I had where I knew like a lot about them. Yeah. Their personality, their personal life, their routine. Mm-hmm. Can't help it. You're just watching. Yeah. No,
1: I mean, it's, uh, and like, you know, I was never meant to work the back of, I was never supposed to be a customer <laughs> service person. <laughs> um. You, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> so like especially in like a rich-ass town like the town i was working the that's a rich town yeah that's Um, a rich town so i mean it was i don't know man like it it was like uh it's like a status symbol type
0: meat which is
1: stupid i mean
0: meat in general like filet mignon that's like the ultimate
1: yeah And it's silly. Like, it doesn't taste like anything. The only (laughs) thing you're buying is texture. That's right. You know, and uh, you can tell because if you go to, like, a nice steakhouse, like, what are they going to do to that beef tenderloin? They're going to encrust that shit with salt and pepper and put sauces on it and try to make it fatty. You know, they're going to try to inject that flavor into it somehow. But, I mean, you can have such a better experience eating a much cheaper um, cut of meat.
0: With more character, more fat. More fat. Basically, Um, sauces itself, there's so much fat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the flavor. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's just this American thing. It's still here. Like, there's, like, backlash against beef tenderloin, like, I don't know, five or ten years ago where people were like, oh, it's cool to hate on beef tenderloin. But unfortunately it didn't last. Like people mm. still love that
0: shit. Oh, you thought that might've been a saving grace. Like, oh, people are catching on. Yeah. People are catching on, but no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> Cause it's, I think
1: it's the same thing with the turkey, right? It's mm. like people didn't actually have an opinion. They were just like recycling what was going on. Yeah. And the zeitgeist at that
0: given moment. Right. I think I, while I don't like turkey, I will, I will say it's a silly comparison to compare it to chicken. Yeah. That's not fair. Mm, no. <laughs> that's, that's not fair. Yeah. It's not a fair comparison because the thing that turkey has that chicken doesn't is that it's inherently festive. <laughs> <laughs> I need to correct myself. I'll, okay. I'll take the hit for this one. Okay. Pharrell Williams, <laughs> not Asian at all.
1: Wait, for real?
0: He's not Asian at all. Really? We said he was Asian last week, or in the last episode. I definitely thought he was Asian. He looks Asian, too. Hugo's he, Asian, though, right? Hugo's 100% Asian. <laughs> look at that guy. Hugo. People don't know. Like People listening to this don't know Hugo. Maybe they do know Hugo. But uh, Pharrell, he, both his parents are black. Mm. But he, they're like kind of Egyptian. And then he has some Native American in him. But he's not Asian at all.
1: I'm going to claim him anyways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's for the culture. He he worked with Nigo on yeah. all that style stuff for like 20 plus years. Yeah. He's contributed so much to Asian, like, like Asians who like hip-hop, he's our guy. <laughs> he's the guy. Yeah, it's because he brought Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hugo gave him cred. <laughs> Hugo. <laughs> if I, now, <laughs> if I ever see a picture of Hugo, like, online, <laughs> I'm just going to laugh.
1: <laughs> he should bring Hugo on to... Uh... Uh, the Voice, you know, when they're doing all the... Because
0: he's on The Everyone voice. will know who he
1: is. <laughs> yeah. They should just share a chair. I,
0: did, did, I think he did bring him on The Voice once. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, man. Who are the five best rappers of all time? Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> Hugo, 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 Hugo. <laughs> oh, man. So, this week, we're talking about a few things, but... Uh, the big thing we're gonna be getting into later is just uh, delving into the to me what what is an elephant in the room that you and I aren't like typical Asians I don't know if you know what I mean or if you agree or if you know what I mean but as far as Asian Americans go uh, Taylor and I I think maybe you do agree we're not as in touch with our Asian roots as the Maybe the average Asian, I don't know. Maybe that I haven't looked at any studies, but just in my experience, we're not as maybe as outwardly prideful of our parents' countries, our uh backgrounds as other Asians. I don't know. I mean growing up, yes, for sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think now. We're, we have a whole w- podcast about we, being Asian American. <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. But we'll we'll get into it later, but we weren't like... We didn't have Filipino and Japanese flags hung up in our rooms. It's a complicated discussion, because neither of us can really... <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> it's it's different. Completely, our experiences are different. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. The commonality is that like I didn't grow up being like oh, I'm so Filipino and like uh, I don't know Tagalog. I, I you know I don't. I'd never been to the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, and you similarly weren't like being Japanese wasn't like a huge part of your outward like personality, right?
1: Yeah, I think that might be the distinction. Hmm. Is that it wasn't part of my outward um, personality, right? Conscious choice to make it
0: not part of my mm, outward mm, personality. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, I think yeah. We'll that's get weird. into it. We'll get, we'll get into, into it because <laughs> we don't. I haven't planned anything. I I think once we start talking about this, a lot of stuff's going to come out that maybe I didn't expect to come out of my mouth. <laughs> this might be a fraught episode. Last week was a little softball. It was a nice holiday special. It was gonna be tearful. This Yeah, <laughs> this week might get rough. This week might get rough. Uh, also, we got to check back in on our boy Simu Liu. I've been saying his name wrong.
1: Mm. That means I have, too, because
0: the first time I heard his name was from you, so I just took my cues
1: It's my fault. It's it's (laughs) definitely my
0: fault. This is a flashback to, or a callback to our first episode of this podcast where we reviewed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And now, um, a few days after we recorded the the last episode, he hosted Saturday Night Live. He did. Which is really cool. It was really cool. Did Did you you? watch the the whole thing? I did watch the whole thing. Did you watch the whole thing? I no. I watched uh, YouTube clips. What did you think of Simu on <laughs> SNL? I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I thought
1: he's you know I think the same the same uh, qualities that made him worthy of carrying a Marvel franchise mm. made him a uh, a good host. I think he's really charming and uh, charismatic, um, and versatile too. You know, yeah. I, I thought he was able to to wear a lot of different hats in in you know during his hosting gig. I mean, sometimes you see those hosts and it's just like, oh my god, they don't belong. They don't belong there. Yeah, it's clear that like SNL was basically just had this person pushed onto them by the network. Um, but I thought he did a good job.
0: I did too. I think the highlight for me and probably for most people was the the skit with uh, Bowen. Yang. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the cast members, the Asian <laughs> cast member. Yeah. <laughs> um, where they are trying to out first Asian each other. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> out accolade each other. Yeah. Uh, that was really funny. I thought that was a nice spin on um, what's happening right now with Asians actually uh, coming out into the spotlight. Yeah. I thought that was
1: hilarious. And I love Bowen Yang, too. Like, he's probably my favorite cast member. He's How
0: talented just- is he? He's one of the most standout. Cast members in a long time.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, regardless
0: of him being one of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think SNL is kind of it. This really, um, you know, they're they're kind of at this great time where all their players are pretty phenomenal. It's a good right cast. Now. It's a great yeah. cast. Um, Pete but, Davidson's one of the most famous people on the planet now. It's just insane. Yeah, <laughs> like it's insane <laughs> that he's that. Famous. I mean, well deserved. He's hilarious. He's <laughs> really and, funny. <laughs> um, he's definitely been um, at it for a long time, even though he's really young. You know, he's kind of like Chappelle. He started super young, like he was 16, right. 17 when he started doing stand up. So, and on the show, when he started SNL, he was a teenager, right? Yeah, I think it was like 19, 20. Yeah. I think probably the youngest person since Adam Sandler. Um, That's so freaky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I thought that sketch was
0: hilarious. You know, what's really cool. What, what I, I find really, what, what makes me happy. I know this is supposed to be a fraught episode of the podcast, yeah. but what makes me really happy is that Shang-Chi came out a while ago now. Mm-hmm. It's actually streaming now on Disney plus and people are still excited about that movie. Yeah. And Simu is everywhere and people like him and, uh, it's it's cool because I didn't know. I think when we on episode one, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Later, I don't know. Put like a boo boo noise on whatever I say wah, next. Wah, wah. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we were afraid that this would be like a flash in the pan type thing where it wouldn't make a big impact. This movie or yeah, Simu,
1: definitely. We definitely thought. I mean, I'm still surprised at the. Uh, Momentum that it's maintained throughout this all, you know, um, and definitely exceeded my expectations. And I think it exceeded your expectations as far as how it performed at the box office. And I did not think that Seamu was going to cross over. I thought it was going to be like, a, Oh, we tried. <laughs> yeah. I was,
0: I was, affra- I think the main thing, not the main thing, one of the things I was concerned about was, in the movie, because to Marvel and Disney, I'm almost positive of this, when they were making this movie, they were like, okay, this is our Asia, first Asian character, mm-hmm. Asian lead character, because, okay, so he's representing Asians here. Yeah. So we have to make him look really strong. Mm-hmm. We have to compensate for all of the shitty puny, pathetic Asians that have been in movies, we have to make him basically perfect, which in the movie he kind of is. Yeah. Right? He almost has no flaws other than he's like a murderer or something. Yeah. Like they try to make that his, I don't know, that his weakness somehow, <laughs> that he killed somebody. <laughs> um, that, cause he's, it's like he's a ninja. He's supposed to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I, I didn't like that because I think the most interesting characters in any story are flawed right and can be made a fool of and can fail and it's okay and they learn and it's like dimensional stuff right and i think i thought they were kind of overcompensated on the he has to be perfect because he's the first asian lead so this character has to be like superman basically (laughs) so i thought they overcompensated with making him look too strong and too perfect in that movie although i like the movie I think now that him on the press tours and him on SNL is actually showing off Simu's best qualities. Mm -hmm. He's really funny. He's really charismatic. Yeah. When he's supposed to be um, the butt of a joke, Mm -hmm. he can do that well. Yeah. um, Which is very important. And and he showed that on um, his sitcom, Kim's Convenience. You know, he's really funny and and good on that show. But in Shang-Chi, he didn't really get to show a lot of that. Um, The comedic... Uh, skills and now I think now he's doing his interviews on late night shows um, and he's on SNL now people are starting to kind of fall in love with him as a performer Yeah, and that's great I think we can tell now that this guy's going to be here for a long time people are going to like him for a while that's great yeah I hope so or
1: (laughs) 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 now we've given our hopes up and we're really excited and he just disappears Um, but I think
0: if he does disappear, it won't be for lack of talent, yeah, I think so too, but this is like a great sign, and yeah. I thought watching s n l he was funny, and the skits were funny, right mm-hmm. and of course, it's a live show the way the- uh, the the sounds from the audience if you listen to the way people react to him they're reacting to him like he's a huge star, like they really he was getting big pops there, yeah. And the girls were screaming, you know. The- <laughs> I noticed the
1: girls screaming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was the first thing I
1: noticed. I was like, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, is it, it time, felt different.
1: Is it time for an Asian heartthrob to take over Hollywood? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. He's our guy. I really thought Steven Young was going to be the dude. Steven is a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. Incredibly handsome, R- and great actor. Great actor. Asian American, not Asian Canadian. That's not even a term mm. that people use.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not.
0: But it's a plus for for Simu. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about since since we're talking about Simu uh, and Shang Chi that. Marvel released Shang-Chi to great success. Mm -hmm. Their next film, Eternals, which was not a great success. Yeah. That to the side, also starred an Asian in the lead. Mm -hmm. Asian filmmaker, Chloe Zhao, very talented. Didn't get to show her talents very well (laughs) on that movie, in my opinion. Yeah, not not the best showcase of her skills. But yeah, Gemma Chan starred Mm -hmm. in Eternals. So, two big Marvel movies starring Asians. And now Hawkeye just premiered on Disney Plus. Big, another big Marvel production starring Haley Steinfeld, also Asian American. Three in a row. Yeah.
1: And, you know, listeners at home understand that I have an amazing grasp of the Marvel universe. So, it's obviously
0: a big moment for me. Right. But I think it's, uh, I'm honestly impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed that they did that because that uh when we've wanted Asian representation in media but like movies yeah. forever. They just did three in a row. Yeah. We thought we didn't know they were going to do that. I think when we talked about Shang-Chi in episode 1, we were like uh oh, this might be the only time yeah. they ever do this. They literally did it twice <laughs> like their next two had Asians although I would, I will have to put the caveat that very few people actually can know or consider Haley Steinfeld to be Asian mm. even though she is she's part Filipino uh, god damn man, man we're taking over buddy <laughs>
1: first it was the Koreans now it's the Filipinos <laughs> yeah. when no, is I'm, it gonna be my
0: time <laughs> <laughs> you know j- Japanese we've been fascinated with Japanese culture forever in this country that's true your time's coming for sure <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting that I started thinking about was a big motivation for these studios is to perform well overseas, particularly, particularly in China and to make sure that their films are successful there. So I wonder if like throwing all this money in these productions and casting Asian um, l- leads, if that's part of that strategy. Um, but at the same time, if it is, shouldn't they have adopted that strategy a long time ago?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, I'm actually working on an article about this very thing right now, and the really fascinating thing, one of the reasons why I'm so impressed with Marvel is that they actually haven't they haven't pronounced at all that they've done this. Yeah, that they've put Asians in lead roles three productions in a row. They haven't said anything about that. Mm -hmm. They just did it. And I think that's great. Yeah. You know, they're not trying to pat themselves on the back. Look what we did. We got these Asians. Yeah. See? They didn't make a big deal out of it. That's perfect. Perfect.
1: That's a very American thing to do, too. So they.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Colorblind. uh, Simu Liu, Canadian. Mm Mm-hmm. Gemma Chan, the star of Eternals. I believe she's British. Mm -hmm. Then Haley Steinfeld, American. Asians all over the world. Asians all over the world. Different (laughs)
1: Asians. (laughs) Is what do you think? Do you think Marvel has a strategy behind this, or do you think this is just a um, natural progression of where we're at within um, representation in
0: film? Well, I think what. I don't know for sure, but what encourages me to thinking that they're being sincere Mm -hmm. about their efforts to um, uh, bolster representation in their films is that typically the strategy of let's put an Asian actor in this so it does well in China, let's put a Chinese actor, let's say, typically those are supporting characters. They Mm -hmm. make them supporting characters. Then they just put that supporting character bigger on the movie poster in China. That's a really good point, yeah. It's a not as big of a risk, right? Yeah. Because here in the mm-hmm. states they can still um advertise Robert Downey Jr. as the lead yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But three in a row the lead leads have been Asian. I mean, well, okay, so Shang-Chi is maybe the best example of this because he's the whole cast is basically Asian and he's mm-hmm. all over the posters and um it's all Asians everywhere. Eternals <laughs> Is really Asian. It's like Shang-Chi. Like, it's inescapable. Eternals had a lot of white actors in it. Mm-hmm. And they, their faces were the biggest on the movie poster. Yeah. Gemma Chan was not advertised. I think part of that is just because she's not as big of a star as Angelina Jolie. Yeah. It's like, fair enough. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Makes sense to me. Fair enough. And then um, Haley Steinfeld, right up on there on the posters with Jeremy Renner. Wow. Oh. Um, same size, side by side on the mm-hmm. posters. So, um, the thing that makes me hopeful is that, like I said earlier, they haven't talked about this angle at all, yeah, if they really wanted to like milk this, mm-hmm. they would talk about all the Asians they're putting and giving opportunities to in these movies. It's yeah. like no they they're they're going about business as if they this is just natural and this is the way it should be, and that's perfect,
1: yeah, I mean. I think that harkens back to, like, our earlier conversation about Simu Liu, about, like, I'm the first Asian American to do this, or I'm the first Asian American to do this, and how they parodied that. And I wonder if a sign of progress is to not say
0: that anymore, or, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just becoming normalized so quickly. I hope so. Yeah, no one's talking about it. Like, if uh, back in the day, if the biggest movie studio in the world, let's say Paramount, put Asian leads three movies in a row. Yeah. People notice. <laughs> like people would say something. They'd be like, "Something's wrong here." Yeah, where are all the white people? There'd be a boycott. <laughs> <laughs> be a, does, whoa, 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 whoa! What's with all these yellow faces on my movie posters? Yeah, uh, but now Mar- Marvel's done it, and no one bad an eye. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about this before, but there's nothing
1: bigger than Marvel.
0: No, you know. biggest studio on the on the planet.
1: Yeah, like it can't be topped. So if they're leading the way and if they're showing mm. that you can be successful at the box office, like it's really a bottom line business, you know? Like, so if other people notice that they're successful in this approach, then hopefully other people take, take uh take that as an example to follow.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm more hopeful than, episode one of your Asian best friends me too I'm more hopeful now than I was at episode one
1: I would say I am too um and another big part of that is just um people growing up seeing these examples on the big screen say like shit I can do that too right someone looks like
0: me up there it won't even be a question they just be like
1: yeah of course I can
0: you know they wouldn't even they wouldn't even think about it Because they say Simu up there on the billboards and stuff. For
1: sure. And the more you grow that pipeline of Asian talent, the more that there's going to be representation. Because another aspect of lack of representation is really a lack of a big pool, a big talent pool to to pull from, you know?
0: All right, so now that we see that Marvel is putting Asians on the big screen and we're like, we talked about last week, there are Asians being incredible in every field. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we're seeing English speaking Asians doing well now. And it's, I feel like that's a big moment for you and I. Yeah. Because we're English speaking (laughs) of Asian Americans and these are finally people we can relate to directly, right? Like they're not martial artists, yeah, for sure, <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, but that that, that kind of leads me into what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. which is the fact that you and I, growing up, we weren't as in touch with how should I say this? Like our parents, not even your parents, though. Like, like our our roots, like our Asian roots yeah we weren't as in touch when we were younger, and I more importantly than that, maybe we didn't have a desire to be in touch when we were younger,
1: yeah, I mean, in some ways, I would say I was privately in touch with my um, mm. Japanese culture because my grandma lived with me, and um her room was like another world and you know, I'd go in there, we'd do origami together. We'd look at old, um, like woodblock print, um, art books together. That's awesome. Um, watch, I even watched Japanese television with her. Um, but that was so private. Like that was my own little, um, it was almost sacred spot with my grandma and she'd make me like green tea and like all these wonderful things that I really, I truly embraced, like, I wasn't trying to You distance, loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I wasn't trying to distance myself from it inside my house. I would say when I left my house, I was really trying to assimilate as right. best as I possibly could. Um, because I think, especially growing up in the 80s, like, in early 90s, you could easily single yourself out. Um, or other yourself by representing your culture if it wasn't white culture right, and I frankly I just didn't have the confidence you want
0: to give people an excuse to bully you, yeah, or single you out,
1: yeah, for sure, and i didn't I didn't have the confidence to withstand that or to actually represent probably what I wanted to represent, you know, I mm. think I just wanted to create my i wanted to be small in some ways
0: i yeah i'm I guess my experience was similar yeah um i I think unlike you, I had tons of like Filipino family members like everywhere so many family. so many like countless yeah um so I was around Filipinos all the time growing up mm-hmm. and I was in a Filipino household i yeah the other house I grew up in my grandma's house in San Francisco um they're all from the Philippines, they all speak Tagalog. And I was there weekends, summers, mm-hmm. you know, I so I was just as steeped in, in, in Filipino culture. And I loved it, too. Like, I, I, I had a great childhood on that half of my life, but there was that line. There was yeah. that divide where that half of my life, I was very happy. I loved my family. I loved my childhood. I loved, yeah, like Filipino food, Filipino culture, Filipino sense of humor. Yeah. Right? But... In our little white town that we grew up in, just like you, um, I tried to suppress or hide uh, my Asianness, just so exactly like you said, just so I, you know, like I wouldn't get bullied, yeah, just so I wouldn't get singled out. Because um, I'm a little guy and I was a little guy when I was a kid and I was a fearful little kid and mm. I didn't want to give anyone any excuse to bully me Yeah, because uh, I was so insecure. And you can't help but feel insecure when you're a little brown kid in a white town. Yeah. It, it's just so obvious, uh, especially like you said, in the 80s and 90s, people would definitely just make fun of you because you're Asian
1: for sure it's so it's so (laughs) accepted
0: back then yeah it was like it wasn't even you didn't even bat an eye we kind of flew under the radar in that no one found asian racism to be um offensive yeah whereas i think racism towards black people there was a conversation going right like we shouldn't be racist towards black people we all kind of were having that conversation no one was talking about racism towards us no I mean, up until what? Last year? Right.
1: <laughs> like, exactly. for real. Exactly. Like, for
0: real. Up until last year. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took a bunch of us getting, like, beat up. M- beat up. Murdered. Murdered. Um, yeah. It elders assaulted. Elders yeah. assaulted.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was widely accepted. And I think it plays into, like, this, you know, Asian exceptionalism myth that, um, pits us against all the other minorities of like, well, you've arrived. You, We can make fun of you at will, and uh, it it does not matter because y'all have no barriers, which is completely false, as we've seen, and it's proven out over time. Um, So yeah, I think a, a big part of it is just you're it can make you feel like you're going insane because you can't you can't fight against it because people don't think there's anything for you to fight against.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No one know. can even articulate yeah to have your back on anything. Right. Other than like your other Asian friends or whatever. But yeah. we even we weren't talking about that. No, we were like Oh, these Asians are so <laughs>
1: <laughs> we made fun of each yeah, other for being Asian, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's a distinction between your experience and my experience, uh, it's that I wasn't, I think I was more resistant to embracing like my Filipino side, mm. uh, internally.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. although in
0: hindsight. I loved it. I know I did, but I think I was trying to fool myself into thinking Mm. that wasn't me. Like this is my, my parents' culture, not mine. I'm American. You know, I, I, I embrace being American. I, I'm, I born here and never left. Uh, This is what I identify as. So I think I was being a little um, rebellious asshole to, to be honest. Uh, I, I was overcompensating and, and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to distance myself. Okay, on one hand, I wanted to distance myself because of the bullying thing because I was in a white town. But the other thing was that I, I didn't consider that to my parents' culture to be mine. Mm. I, I've never been to the Philippines still. Yeah. I thought it was disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, aren't you proud to be Filipino? It's like, I don't know, not really. Yeah. Like, what? why? Like, I didn't earn anything. I was, I just am. You know, yeah. Filipino. But culturally, okay, that's like genetically, but culturally, I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I was raised by people who were from there. So, yeah. it's part of me, for sure. But most of me is American. Yeah. And my mom moved here when she was a little kid. You know, so she, she's pretty American, too. So, is my dad. is completely American, but, you know, he moved here when he was older. Yeah. So, it, it was really complex for me, complicated, and... I have been struggling with it. I struggle with it to this day. Yeah. Um, Kind of not knowing how much... I almost don't feel any ownership of that culture. Hmm. Even though I I was brought up in a Filipino family. I uh, To like rep it or whatever and, and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. I would feel like I don't have the almost like I don't have the right to do that because I'm not, I don't not that knowledgeable about it. I've never been there. I, I, uh, for most of my life, I didn't make an effort to learn a lot about Filipino (laughs) culture. I don't even know the geography over there. (laughs) You -hmm. know, I'm very, I, I, so I, now I don't, I don't project being Filipino, not because I don't want to just, but just because like, I feel like it would, not be right for me to do that because i i i gotta be honest and say that i wasn't making an effort to connect with being filipino for most of my life but don't you think there's a distinction
1: between um connecting with being filipino and connecting with
0: being filipino american so in like for filipinos there's no distinction mm. <laughs> that's the problem i see yeah, like the, like Filipino Americans who are proud mm-hmm. to be Filipino, they do it. They rep it as if they're Filipino. I see. Um, yeah, it's really we're our roots. Our roots back home are really like strong. Yeah. So uh, it's not far mm-hmm. culturally. Yeah. But I think for me personally, in my experience, it is. Like I was not. I regret it. I but I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, Involved in that. So now I'm starting my journey on kind of discovering that part of my background. Yeah. And one day, one day I'll, I, I will be able to say, you know, I'm connected to that part of my family, but right now I'm, I'm just trying to catch up.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with catching up. Like I I think, um, I think it's something we touched on last week of like raising kids. Like that's definitely been like the most natural, um, pathway for me to start connecting a little bit closer to my culture i've always been proud to be japanese american i think we, i mean we talked about it earlier like there's just an overall fascination with japanese culture from while you're in america so yeah. i think that's always been like a point of pride like it's a beautiful culture the food is beautiful the like so much about that culture is is um something that's easy to um represent in a western um environment mm. uh <clears throat> but i really think like for most of my most of my life my connection to uh japan was predominantly through food And I honestly, I feel like that's the story for a lot of Asian Americans of our generation. Yeah. Right. Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that there's something beautiful. It's natural. About that. And it's beautiful. Um, And honestly, because I connected so deeply to my culture through that, through the food I ate as a kid, like, it almost made it really difficult for me to ever try to like cook the food myself because I felt like if I failed at doing that, I failed at the one sort of touchstone I had to Mm. my culture. And maybe I wasn't actually connected to my culture at all. You know,
0: it's, I just started cooking Filipino food like this past year and it's been really emotional Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really emotional um, because it's not like the food. Like, I've got to be honest. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of Filipino. Food. I know you, you uh, said so. I'm like embarrassed to say that, but I have to be honest. Um, but I, I am also not super knowledgeable about Filipino food. But now I'm starting to cook it myself, and I'm doing my due diligence, and I'm not gonna. I'm never going to say Filipino food like sucks or whatever. That's ridiculous. I don't like it right now. Or it's not my favorite right now. But what's making it emotional for me is that when I'm making these dishes, I know that just mechanically, I'm like when I'm stirring or sauteing or braising or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm going through the same exact movements that my mother yeah. My grandmother, my great grandmother, great grandfather, all my family back in the Philippines, they were doing the same movements using pots and mm-hmm. slicing and garlic first and all this stuff. Yeah. And that connection is really powerful. So, regardless of how the food tastes, yeah. Um, 100% my Filipino food probably sucks because <laughs> my first time <laughs> cooking it. But regardless of that, my Filipino food being shitty, I'm just so moved to be cooking the same food that my family's been cooking for generations.
1: Oh, yeah. I I feel that 100%. Like, that's how I feel whenever... Because I've started also in the past... I've also started in the past year to um, sort of give myself a break and allow myself to fail at Japanese food, which has allowed me to start cooking Japanese food.
0: So it's like not as high stakes (laughs) anymore for you.
1: No, it's not as high stakes for me anymore. And when I taste the finished dish, I'm like, Oh shit. This reminds me of being a kid and my grandma setting out snacks for me. And that's cool. Whatever. And it does connect me to my grandma. um, For sure. who, Who I find is like, my, the person I'm I most associate with my Japanese heritage, right? Um, because I mean, she nourished me with that food. She lived with us. She was the person that cooked dinner and ate and fed us lunch and all those things. And like that food is comfort food to me, and was the first like representation of my culture, and there's parts of me that feel like if I don't carry this on, like I'm losing that part of my culture. And in some ways that fear is motivating me to sort Mm. of get over my hangups with failure and to start cooking Japanese food. I think, you know, when my grandma was cooking, it was a special thing. She was a fucking phenomenal cook. Like, and I saw how people reacted to that mm. when I was a kid. It's like it was different than when my mom cooked. It was like I remember telling my mom when I was a kid very innocently like you know why when grandma cooks pork does it taste so juicy mm. but when you cook pork it tastes so dry. <laughs> <laughs> And in my own way, I knew that there was some magic happening there, right? I knew that my grandma had the techniques down and was just a highly skilled cook, you know, and was creating these experiences every day that people were so thankful for. And I think that ultimately was the thing that drove me into a career in food was seeing the way she was able to...
0: I don't know, show her love through it, you know, 100 percent. yeah, 100 percent. that's the that's the thing that's been kind of motivating me too, is just thinking of my family and how they fed me for <laughs> years and years and years, yeah. and I you know, these flavors are built into me mm-hmm. and like you, they they um conjure all these emotions and memories. And it's cool yeah, it's cool to connect begin to connect with uh, my family's culture through food. I think it's like you said it's a a common gateway into th- this um this journey for a lot of people in our generation because it's like a universal language
1: yeah, transcends everything like what is it about Filipino food that does not
0: sort of hit the notes that you want it to hit? Um, one of the big ones is heat. Mm. I like a lot of heat. Like and spice? Spice, yeah. And, and the, just in general, Filipino food does not have a lot of spice. There's one trade route down the middle mm-hmm. of the islands where there was spice um, historically, When, when um, where there was a trade route and they had spices there. So the food from that region is a little spicier. But, uh, yeah, Southeast Asian food in general, the thing I love about it is just how spicy it is. And Filipino food doesn't have any of that. So, that's one of the bigger things for me.
1: So, do you not like – because Japanese food also isn't very heavy in spice. Um, Are you not drawn to
0: Japanese food either? I love Japanese food because the flavors are so bold and – it's the, and this is not just in comparison to Filipino food, but mm-hmm. to all other cuisines. I think Japanese people, their reverence for their um, ingredients mm-hmm. are like un, unparalleled. Mm-hmm. There's a reverence there. Devotion to the craft, you know, the, these people, um, these Japanese cooks who just spend their life making like Shio ramen. Yeah. It, it, it's that like kind of obsessive, maniacal, um, uh, approach that yields I think some of the most perfect food in the world that is mm-hmm. in, in Japan that comes from Japan Yeah. Um, it, I, th- this is not a knock on Filipino food but Filipino cooks are not that it's different yeah. it's, you know it's peasant food it's it's fast it's made, made to be preserved you know cause it, so that they could you know eat it for a long time and um, that's not a bad thing it's just not to my taste now in a modern day whatever that means you know no the Japanese obsession thing is is something I think in
1: a in another life, I would have liked just to be like one of those cooks that just perfected I could so the see Japanese you doing armor. that oh <laughs> like my God. every day just work on my Japanese you just, oh my god you just be like
0: like whipping yourself at night because you didn't get the Tamago the Tamago was, shit today it was a little brown <laughs> a little color do you see that color I I couldn't hide it. It's crazy, man. Like it's kind of insane, you know, the philosophy, the Japanese yeah. philosophy of cooking, but I love it. Like I think and I think it yields the best food in the world. I, I think, think it I mean, you know, Japanese food is the best food in the world. I to me. completely agree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I, good. I think I would say that even if I wasn't Japanese. I yeah. think um and you see the influence across everywhere. Like, you know, obviously f- the French have a huge influence on in our food, but like honestly, Japanese cuisine has taken over. And there's no fine dining restaurant worth its salt that isn't pulling from so many techniques
0: from Japanese cuisine. Even the aesthetics of restaurants. Oh yeah. The vibe Mm-hmm. everyone's chasing that Japanese vibe. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Far enough for me, Japanese food, best food in the world. I know we talk about Taylor's just such a, such a talented cook. Um, I also, I went to culinary school. <laughs> they don't really talk about me cooking, <laughs> but I, I did go into culinary school. I was trained French. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know French food too. I'm not a big fan of French food. Yeah, I'm not a, especially today. Like it just hasn't aged well, in my opinion. Especially because they are so stringently, I would say, shackled to tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shackled. Sure. Yeah. Um, you guys gotta step it up, man. <laughs> some of that stuff, some of that stuff is gross. Like, come on, again, it's like no heat. You know, just give me, give me colors, give me flavor, you know, big flavor, punch me in the face, even if it hurts, like even if the ramen burns my face, I just want to put it in my mouth (laughs) and whatever comes, comes. Um, Every episode. (laughs) I'm going to say that.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, outside of food... Like, do you feel like you have another pathway to connecting to your culture?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to learn Tagalog along with my kids. Really? Yeah. That's
1: fucking awesome, man. I
0: will. So, uh, I know Tagalog in that if someone spoke Tagalog to me, I pretty much know what they're saying. <laughs> That's better than where I'm at with Japanese. <laughs> Are you learning? Are you learning Japanese? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm slowly. I, 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 it's a goal of mine to learn Tagalog, but I, I can comprehend. Yeah. It, it, was my ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't, grammatically, I can't do shit.
1: Yeah, I think that's similar to my dad. I think it's, you know, because your parents were both native speakers, right? 100%, like, yeah. Um, so I think my dad, growing up in a household, like growing up in America in a household with a native speak two native speakers, I think enabled him. He, he can totally understand it. He can't speak it at all. Mm, mm. And then me growing up in his house did nothing for me
0: right because <laughs> <laughs> he can't speak it so I'm out, I was out of luck oh man yeah so this is an ongoing um, endeavor to reconnect with my roots um, this is going to be going on for the rest of my life I hope and, and I'm really happy I think I'm in a good place as far as um, now being proud to be Filipino American I'm genuinely fascinated by the culture. I want to learn more. I want to be proven wrong about the food. I'll be I want you quite happy wrong. to be proven wrong. And by the way, there are a lot of Filipino dishes I fucking love. Mm-hmm. Like I've eaten and I know like these dishes I've that I grew up on these and I love them. I Of course, I love Filipino food, um, but it's just not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I'm looking at all foods objectively. Right. Yeah. But I, I have a connection with Filipino food that I absolutely don't have with other foods. Of course, yeah. Absolutely not. That's my food. I grew up on Filipino food. Period. Yeah, and and I guess American food. Yeah, definitely burgers, McDonald's. Oh yeah, <laughs> McDonald's fries, McDonald's fries, cheeseburgers.
1: I was a Big Mac guy, quarter pounder guy. I still like a Big
0: Mac. I would eat a or Big Mac. Or the two
1: cheeseburger meal. That was also a good one.
0: Bang for your buck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I was, a, I was I was a fat kid when I was <laughs> growing up. And my house is like literally across the street from McDonald's. <laughs> oh, so <yeah. laughs> That's right. So like as I was walking home from the bus, I explored all the menu options at McDonald's. And I think when we were growing up, they might still I I've it's been like a decade plus since I've been to McDonald's. But while we were growing up they had this deal on Wednesdays you'd get like twenty nine cent cheeseburgers. <laughs> Whoa. Twenty nine cents is a very low barrier to entry for
0: Why not even a middle schooler. Cents? Why twenty nine? I don't know.
1: But yeah. I would say Japanese food and McDonald's are my two, oh, man. That's two a cultural combos. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wait, have you been to Japan? No, we. Neither of us have been Mm-mm. to Japan or the Philippines.
1: I mean, it's my dream, and it's been my dream forever. Even when I was a kid, it was my dream because, um, you know, my grandma lived with me, and she'd come home from her trips to Japan, and she'd always her suitcases always filled with like shit from Japan for us. And it was like magical. And I was like, I really want to go to this place. Um, I don't have any family there anymore. Um, my grandma is, um, I think the last surviving member of, of her family line. Um,
0: and, but I'd love to go. I mean, I'm excited for you. I feel like that's going to be such a, milestone yeah for you wow i have heard like from people
1: that have gone that it's very confusing if you don't speak japanese or if you don't have like a you know like a translator <laughs> or, or something like that like you don't even know like am i walking into a restaurant or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a bathhouse yeah, exactly <laughs> um I'm super excited for whenever that happens. Um, I really, really want to go. Kids No kids. Mm. Depends. First time. First time. You know, like, my inclination in general is just like, I want to go without my kids. But, like, I think because it's Japan, I think it would kind of break my heart that my kids would be Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know how special it would be to my oldest who's like super into that culture right now. And I just know that he would be in heaven. So it's different than taking my solo dad trips to New York. Like my kids aren't going to appreciate that shit. (laughs) Like a delicious Caesar salad at one o'clock in the morning, (laughs) (laughs) but Japan it's different. And I think I'd want to show them that, you know, not that I am an expert at all. We'd both be wandering to the bathhouses <laughs> expecting dinner. Um but like I think I just think it'd be really special it's definitely gonna be a special moment for me in my life and I'd want my family to be there for that.
0: You no, know, I gotta say before we close out I'm I'm so, like I said, I'm so open to being wrong about Filipino food, personally. (laughs) Not like it's an objective thing, like Filipino food's good or bad. I'm excited to learn more Mm
1: -hmm.
0: about um, Filipino food. It's very regional, so I'm excited to expand my knowledge beyond my parents' regions. Yeah. That's all I know, really, Mm -hmm. is where my parents are from. So... And it varies wildly from from island to island, region to region in <laughs> yeah. the Philippines, which is really exciting to me. So I'm going to yeah. learn more. I got to learn more about that region that had the spice route <laughs> through there, because <laughs> yeah. that's what I like. Yeah. I, that's what I like. Uh, and, and I also want to say Chinese food. I really know. I didn't know anything about Chinese food. I still don't. Mm-hmm. But every new thing I learn about Chinese food, whether I'm cooking it or eating it. Blows my fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, if you want to
1: talk about an actual mother cuisine, like it's Chinese holy food. shit. <laughs> like, it's like everything started there.
0: It's like every dish is fireworks. Yeah. It's fireworks. Dang, I mean, for sure. And spectacular. like spectacular.
1: If you, like, you know, if you get deep into like food history and you trace these dishes, it's like, and we're... Oh, China. Mm. Uh, oh, it's China. <laughs> sushi oh is China. Right. Pasta. <laughs> like everything is China. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: was pasta Japan? No, it's China. 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 <laughs> it's
1: China. Everything's China.
0: Yeah, they just... They, when I talk about what I am missing from Filipino food, a lot of it is in is like the backbone of Chinese food. and Just like, yeah. kick your fucking ass with these flavors.
1: Maybe... Your parents just came from the... You know, like, nobody's coming to America and talking about uh Nebraskan cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's going to Nebraska to
0: eat their food. No, Maybe. but I go to, like... <laughs> I go to Filipino restaurants, you know, and... and you know, <laughs> and I've eaten, like, ube brownies.
1: Ube's good, man.
0: Ube's good. Ube ice cream, Ube okay, Ube ice cream. I, I ate so much growing up. It's, it's so good. One of my favorite ice creams, and, and it looks wonderful. It does. the The visual makes it taste better. It does. But an Ube brownie is not going to beat a chocolate brownie <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Why? Why would you make an Ube brownie? Who's going to choose Ube? I guess a lot of people. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. It's trendy right now, but come on. Chocolate brownie is chocolate brownies better than an Ube brownie. Ube brownie. Why would you use Ube for brownie? It's perfect. It's chocolate. It's so good. Yeah. So much love to Filipino food. I'm on my journey. <laughs> Still on my journey. <laughs> Trying to reduce the amount of hate mail that you get from now. No. I've heard it all. That's the other thing. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. We're talking about growing up. Yeah. Not embracing our Asian-ness. Maybe this is for another episode, but I got bullied by Asians. You did. I got bullied by Asians. You did. And for I, not being Asian. And now. I do wonder, because that to
1: me is like one of the biggest things i associate with you growing up um was a resistance to that and i wonder if you've made yourself so stubborn (laughs) through that experience that even now as you're older and you're recognizing the beauty in your culture it's a little bit of a bigger barrier to go back
0: it definitely yeah definitely was part of the reason why i was resistant yeah to to expressing it because i Oh, man, this is another episode, but, uh, I got, so uh, the town we grew up in was, there were lots of Filipinos, mm-hmm. uh, relatively. Yeah. We were totally outnumbered by white people, but yeah, if you're talking about Asians, mostly Filipino.
1: Yeah. There's like four of them.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> got four Filipinos, <laughs> three Chinese guys and, uh, My brother and I were. we're (laughs) You were the one (laughs) Japanese guy. It was you and your brother. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a big difference for us. Because I had this gang of Filipinos who uh, did not approve of me. Yeah. And there was no Yakuza in our high school. (laughs) (laughs) Of uh, Japanese kids (laughs) who were making fun of you for being American. Or not having a flag up in your room I got made fun of for that Thank you guys Once again for joining us We didn't talk about the episode number We didn't Because we're not going to do that anymore
1: No, we've
0: grown You can see it on your phone You can (laughs) This is episode X Of your Asian best friends Thank you guys for joining us I'm Bernard And I'm Taylor And we're your Asian best friends